the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joining us now is someone I've known for quite some time, Brigitte Gabriel, who runs Act for America. Brigitte, thank you so much for joining us, Brigitte. There's a lot I want to talk about, but your story is amazing. And first time we've had you on for quite a while. Brigitte, tell our audience your story and why you have made it your mission to educate the West about Islam. Brigitte Gabriel. Thank you, Charlie, for having me with you. The reason why I'm so passionate about speaking up against the evil and terrorism is because my life was affected by it. My, I was born and raised in Lebanon, which used to be the only majority Christian country in the Middle East. We were open-minded. We were fair. We were tolerant. We were multicultural. We prided ourselves on our multiculturalism. We had open border policy. We welcomed everyone to our country. Unfortunately, our lives turned upside down because of our open-mindedness and multiculturalism, because we important people to our country who did not share our values. My 9-11 happened to me in 1975 when radical Islamists, Palestinian radical Islamists, blew up my home, bringing it down, burying me under the rubble wounded. I ended up in a hospital for two and a half months. And as I laid in a bed going from one surgery to another, I would ask my father, why did they do this to us? And my father would tell me, because we are Christians, they consider us infidels and they want to kill us. So I learned since I was a 10-year-old little girl that I am wanted dead simply because I was born into the Christian faith and lived in a Christian town. I ended up leaving the hospital and coming back home, but my home was no longer the home I left. I ended up living underground in an eight by 10 bomb shelter without electricity, without water and very little food. And that's where I lived for the next seven years of my life from the age of 10 till the age of 17 robbed of my youth. It's an incredible story, Brigitte. And so now you have Act for America. You talk about this. Let me ask you, is it? institutional Islam that believes this because we're told that it's radical Islam. What percentage of practicing Muslims look at Christians, Jews, and Westerners with disgust or disdain? Explain this to us, Brigitte, as someone who knows the region very well, you know what the Quran teaches, and you know Islam. What is the truth of radical Islam versus institutional or normative modern Islam? Brigitte Gabriel. Well, look what's happening with the Palestinians right now. I mean, the head of Hamas right now is calling for a worldwide day of rage for the Islamic Ummah. And notice how he said the Islamic Ummah, the Islamic nation, because under Islam, it doesn't matter where you are. Once a war is declared against any infidel, they all come together against the enemy. That's why you see Hamas naming the attack against Israel, the flood of Al-Aqsa. They invoke the Al-Aqsa Mosque. There are Christian Palestinians. You don't hear them provoke 
invoking the Holy Sepulchre Day of, Day of Rage or Bethlehem Day of Rage. The problem with the radical Islamist and the way the reason why they are using political Islam, uh, especially Hamas and the terrorists, to bring the whole world, the Islamic Ummah on their side, is because they know it works because it's based on doctrine. The doctrine in the religion of Islam. Remember, Islam is a political movement cloaked in religion. So when you look at, of course, not all Muslims in the world are radical. The majority of them are peaceful people like you and me who just want to raise their children. They do not want to have anything to do with the religion or the radicals. Unfortunately, it is the radicals that create mayhem. It is the radicals that destroy the world and bring the world into war. I give a, a perfect example about the lessons of history. When you look at uh, uh, Germany, for example, when the Nazis uh, were elected to power, not all Germans were radicals. The majority of Germans were peaceful people. The Nazis were the minority, but as a result, they drove the agenda. And as a result, 15 million people died. Six million were Jews. The, the, the peaceful majority were irrelevant. When you look at Russia, for example, most Russians were peaceful. Yet Russia was able to kill 20 million people. The peaceful majority were irrelevant. When you look at Japan, for example, most Japanese were peaceful prior to World War II. Yet the radical were able to kill 12 million people killed by bayonets and shovels. The peaceful majority were irrelevant. When you take communist China, for example, Example. Not all Chinese were radical, but communist China was able to kill 70 million people. The peaceful majority were irrelevant. So maybe there are 20% of radical Islamists in the world. That leaves 80% moderate, 80% peaceful who do not want to do anything with radicalism. But if September 11th taught us one thing, it took 19 radicals to bring America down, uh, 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 attack the Pentagon, kill almost 3,000 Americans on that day, and bring air travel to a halt. The, the peaceful majority, we had uh, 2.5, 2.3 million Arab Muslims in the United States on that day. The peaceful majority were irrelevant. And that's why when I speak about radicalism, I am talking about the radicals. I'm talking about the Hamas, which is now ISIS 2.0. I'm talking about people who are willing to kill children, kidnap children, rape women, behead people, burn people alive simply because they don't like them for who they are. The Hamas terrorists didn't stop once to ask a, a, a Jewish uh, mother, are you a lefty or you're a conservative? Do you like Bibi Netanyahu or do you hate Bibi Netanyahu? What do you think about the Palestinian cause? Not one question. They killed them because they were Jewish. That's why people like you and me, Charlie, need to stand up, speak up the truth, throw political correctness in the garbage. No matter how high the price is for us to speak the truth, we have to speak the truth because we need to save the world. Yes, we do. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So, Brigitte, explain to us some of the details of Islam, of let's let's be nice and generous. Some of the verses that might get misinterpreted or misapplied because or interpreted as the words say that talk about killing the infidel, killing the Jew. Talk about what the theology itself instructs and how some people use that as a way to invoke terror and death and destruction, massacre and genocide. Fill us in, Brigitte, on some of the details that our audience might not be aware of uh, with, let's just say, theological Islam. Well, I am not a scholar on, on Islam, but I can tell you anybody that reads the Quran can see the words for themselves. Islam was written in two sections, the book. When Muhammad tried to appeal to, when he received the message that he was supposedly the prophet of Islam, he tried to appeal to the people uh, in his own city. He tried to recruit them, but nobody listened to him. So finally he decided, okay, I'm going to go to the Jews in Medina. I'm going to try to appeal to them. That's why you see a lot of similarity between Judaism and Islam. That's why Jews pray a few times a day, Muslims pray a few times a day. Jews fast on Yom Kippur, Muslims fast on Ramadan. You see a lot of similarities. Islam, Prophet Muhammad packaged his religion and went to the Jews to recruit them. When they refused him, that's when Islam turned political. That's when uh, all the verses in the Quran that followed started talking about killing the infidel, cutting off their heads, killing, uh, cut off their hands and toes because they disobeyed Allah. That's why there is in Islam a, a, a law called the law of abrogation, meaning that all the previous verses, any new verse erase all the previous verses before it. That's why when people quote you the moderate verses in Islam, they're quoting from the previous era when, when Prophet Muhammad was trying to appeal to the Jews to accept him. Once they didn't, the latest verses of the Quran, which replaced all the previous moderate verses, are call for jihad against the infidel, for killing the infidel. And that's why ISIS and Al-Qaeda and all the radical Islamists, when they get into a debate with a moderate Muslim, they pull out the Quran, they start reading from it. And that's why they always win the debate because the law is on their side. Yeah, I mean, hearing all that, let's import more from Somalia and from the Middle East into our country. It's unbelievable. So, Brigitte, we have imported millions of Muslims into the country. And it seems as if they are not assimilating. Look at what happens in Minneapolis with the Somali Muslim population. Why is that, Brigitte Gabriel? Why is it that the Arab Muslim immigrants to America seem resistant to assimilating to Western values? Well, the world is changing. Remember, the Arabs and Muslims who immigrated from the Middle East prior to 911, prior to 2001, assimilated just fine. We started seeing the radicalization of the Islamic world after the Iranian mullahs came to power in 1979. That's when we started seeing a true rise of radical Islamism worldwide. So right now, since 2000, uh, since uh, 2000, we started seeing all the imams that 
are preachers and mosques in the United States being imported from places like Egypt, like Syria, like Afghanistan, like Pakistan, who are coming to America and be, being more radical than the generation before them. And so when you end up bringing now big blocks from the Islamic world who did not come here because they were so tired of the corruption in their states, they wanted freedom, they wanted a civilized society. Those are the original Muslims who used to immigrate here. Right now, when you import a group of people as refugees because you want to help them and bring them in mass by the tens of thousands, there is no possible way you can assimilate them. And that's why they regroup together. For example, you mentioned the Somali community. We didn't bring them all to Minnesota. We actually scattered them all over the country. They ended up, people who we settled in Tennessee, driving up back up to Minnesota because they heard that's where their clan or their tribe or a bunch of Somalis are. And then they grouped together. And that's where you see uh, radicalism fester. And that's why we had 42 terrorists from the Somali community in Minnesota go to the Middle East and fight with the radicals, with the radical Islamists in the Middle East. Actually, the first American suicide bomber was a Somali American who became a suicide bomber. So uh, it is a problem. And that's why we do not want to import Palestinian refugees into the country. No way in any shape or form. I encourage people to go to our website, actforamerica.org actforamerica.org. We have a petition, a whole campaign directed to Congress right now. We do not want one Palestinian refugee settled in the United States. They destroy everywhere they go. They create problem. Uh, the Arabic countries do not want them, and we do not want them either. Go to actforamerica.org and take action today. Brigitte, in all of your work of doing this for the last couple of decades, what do you think is one of the great misconceptions people have about Islam? Um, you, you, you touched on this a little bit in the first segment, but you say that the peaceful majority is actually not the operative way to look at this, that there's actually a violent, radical minority that then governs the peaceful majority. But even Brigitte, I look at some of these public approval polls of what actually rank and file Muslims believe in certain of these some of these countries. And it's shocking. What is the one thing that you want our audience to know, the American people to know that is a uh, let's just say a misconception uh, that people have about Islam in America or worldwide? Again. In all religions, you have uh, people who are radical and you have people who do not adhere to the religion as much. In Islam, is the same thing. Those who adhere to Islam, look, we have Americans in America who are members of the Nation of Islam, can't even read Arabic, have never read the Quran in Arabic. They have no idea what the people who adhere to the Islamic Ummah believe. But what you have to understand is Islam by itself is a political doctrine. It's not a religion like Judaism and Christianity. And that's why majority of the people uh, identify with the Islamic Ummah, the Islamic nation. That's why you see more similarity and, and, and loyalty between a Muslim in Khartoum and a Muslim in America who feels closer to a Muslim in America than he feels to a Christian in Khartoum. And because of the radicalism in the, in the doctrine itself. So while most Muslims are peaceful, the doctrine itself is a violent ideology calling for the killing and and being at war with the non-Muslim land until eternity. Brigitte Gabriel, you always tell it like it is. Uh, plug the website one more time. Plug anything you want. 
We are in a fight for our survival. This is barbarism versus civilization. This is democracy versus dictatorship. This is evil versus goodness. Go to actforamerica.org. Join us. Sign up to get our emails and action alert. And make sure you sign our petition to stop any Palestinians from coming into the country and expel Rashida Tlaib from Congress. Very good. I love that. Brigitte Gabriel, God bless you. Hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.